The civil rights movement was dying until those four little girls got blown up in that church. There is a conversation that does not include me. Okay. I can comment to it. I can give a hit, but there is a conversation that does not include me. The civil rights conversation did not, it, it was sparked. This you have to understand, it was sparked by the by the world. This get this. King, the, the civil rights movement was dying until those four little girls got blown up in that in that church. Mm. And then the world saw hate against kids on blast and yeah. America felt shame. And now liberals in, in Oregon and in the North are like, this is appalling. What are we doing? I, I cannot believe this is taking place. You know, that's what happened. Mm. And so now everybody, need, we need to stop that. Right. Okay. But what, what, how do we address the things that caused that? You, you see, yeah. So our, and so our presence. So again, these are this is. I, I'm a, I'm gonna say this, and I, I hope that hope the saints can hear me well. We are part of the conversation, but it's not our conversation; it's their conversation. So whose conversation? Who's that? I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to say. Okay. okay. I'm going to say the Civil War was white Northerners fighting against Southern Northerners. And on both sides, they'd employed black people. Civil rights was white people voting against white people, catalyzed by the death of black people on public for shame street. There's a conversation that they need to have about who they are as a group. Who are they? What are their ideals? What do they aspire to? You, you understand? What are they going for? They must decide that because race was created here in this nation. It was first codified into law and it was codified into law around one specific thing. The very first thing was codified into law to codified into law around um, miscegenation. The idea of black men sleeping with white women. Mm. White women didn't become white until black men slept with them. And then it came a law, and then they extended the law elsewhere. That was a conversation they had without us. To some people who are not minorities, they think everything is very fine, and this is the dream that Martin Luther King spoke about. And if it's so dreamed, if you will, no. No. how come we all aren't seeing the same? To the dream. So let's be very clear. When um, Constitution Hall, they're ratifying the Constitution. They wouldn't ratify the Constitution because the original body of the Constitution does not con, 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 does not have anything about the average um, citizen in it at all. It's predominantly written for upper crusty aristocrats, right? Mm -hmm. The Bill of Rights had to be constructed in order to assure the working class that they had rights and protections. Okay. When they decided on what kind of governor, they said, is it going to be a monarchy? What are we doing? What, what, what are we having here? What are, what are we having, right? Benjamin Franklin or either Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Jefferson, one of the two is reported as coming out 
And they said, hey, what type of government do we have? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it, right? So he's acknowledging that the representative form of government that we have is always on the cusp of being lost, okay? The principles of freedom that are enshrined in the, the nation's noble documents, whatever you think of those documents, the principles of freedom that are enshrined in there are always one generation from being lost and abused. Mm. Every generation must decide what are we going to do with freedom of religion? Mm. What are we going to do with freedom of the press? Every generation, what are we going to do with um, with the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment? What are we going to do with women's rights? Every mm. generation must decide what are we going to do with the statement, all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That of life and liberty, mm. the right to live, the right, the right to, 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 to not be encumbered by oppression and the pursuit of happiness. You're allowed to pursue. You may not, now let's be very clear. Your happiness is not enshrined in the constitution, but you can pursue right. it. But there right. are two fundamentals, life, unencumbered, liberty, unshackled. What do we do? We must decide, you know, everybody, we must decide, every generation must decide what it means by all men. Does it mean all males? Does it mean all one ethnic group, one, one economic dem demographic or educational demographic? Does it mean all heterosexuals? Every generation must make that decision. The documents are there for 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 scrutiny. Every every generation must apply it, and we have to take responsibility. To my to my conservative friends, I'm not beating you up, by the way. I love you, and it is very. We we must decide what we will do. Who will we be with these documents? What will we craft this nation for? Because because we can default to realism. And realism will take us back to tyranny. Mm, sure. Or, or we can we can we can we can we can stretch ourselves. We can stretch ourselves to be responsible with our privilege on the global stage. Being an American is a privilege. If it wasn't, people would not immigrate here. Let's be very clear. And I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. I'm saying it's a privilege to be here. Yeah. Okay. Within this space, there are privileges handed out. People have privileges. What are you going to do with your privileges? It, that is the question. What yeah. will we do? You cannot say you don't have privileges. That is dishonest. It is documented that there are different privileges for different groups of people, period. It's documented. It's documented. Okay, so what are you going to do with yours? How are you going to make the nation and society a better with your privilege? And I Go want ahead. to just um, put a put a caveat there, and that doesn't mean you feel privileged. I just want to to pin that because a lot of people are like, well, I'm poor. Well, I'm, nobody said that you felt like you had privilege. Nobody said that your life was, you know, teacups and saucers. Well, because they're look again, they're looking at privilege from within a certain demographic. 
They're not looking at privilege across demographics. Yeah. They're just not. Right. And they're not looking at privilege through the lens of history. Looking at privilege through the, through the issue of convenience and benefits. Yeah. You know, I've, I heard somebody say, you know, I do have privilege. I don't get benefits. And I thought it was a very interesting splice on things. He was like, I'm not wealthy, but I'm also not getting searched by the cops all the time. I'm not assumed guilty before I'm proven innocent. I, I can, I'm, I'm assumed to be telling the truth. I, I can guarantee that my, my, my family will not be treated poorly when they get medical. My wife is not 200% more likely to die in childbirth. If we have pain, we're taken seriously. You see, so again, it is understanding what the privileges are, what my privilege is, and saying, what am I going to do? Every decision that I make, I am deciding what I'm doing with America. Mm. Every decision that I make, I am deciding what kind of America I'm creating for my children. Every interaction is a decision on those principles. Do I believe them? Am I living into them? Am I trying to do better than the generation before me? Or am I just comfortable with the status quo? That is the all-American question. And for me, that is the all-American responsibility. I do not hold. Guilt is an issue of, 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 of committance. You are guilty if you did it. Okay? Responsibility? That's a different animal. I'm not guilty for anything. And I'm just going to use us out of general, whatever. I'm not guilty yes. for anything that our grandfathers might have done. Right. I did not commit it. And do I bear a responsibility? And if I do, what is that responsibility? And that is the question. If I bear a responsibility to society, to right whatever wrong I see, I have a responsibility. Nobody gets to be non-responsible. People want to be non-responsible. That's amazing. You are either responsible or irresponsible, but there is no non-responsible. That does not exist. Mm, that's good. It does not exist because responsible literally means I respond. I can either respond positively and create something better than that came before me, or I can respond negatively and reproduce what came before me. Mm. But there is no non-response. Yeah. People must decide. You will respond in one way or, and in responding, you are dictating what kind of America we will have in the future. Where do we find the hope? What should we be hopeful for? Thank you for that question. And I don't I don't necessarily do hope. Um, okay. and, and it's only because of how I interpret hope. Um, hope. The way I the way I view hope um, and I'll, I'll let me let me let me talk to you about the trajectory. OK, there's yep. a trajectory. All right. So it starts with truth. Truth is it's a fact like gravity. It, gravity is gravity is gravity is gravity. It is, whether you believe it or not, it's gravity. Right. Right. And gravity is always consistent on planet Earth, wherever you go, period. Gravity has integrity. So there's a fact, and the fact has integrity with itself, okay? Once that I have observed 
all of the evidence about the integrity of that fact, I'm invited to make an intellectual decision on whether I believe it or not. You know what, I accept these facts because they seem to line up with what I'm observing as being real. I've just seen it around, that's fine. Okay, great. Once I accept it, I now have belief. Now I'm invited by life to engage in the experiment of an experiential, you know, experiment, experiential engagement with what I claim to believe in. And I'm invited to do that. And most, if you know anything about science, science experiments take place in a known and optimal environment. And by optimal, it is safe, secure, resourced, and stable. It is known, safe, secure, resourced, and stable. All experiments take place in known, safe, secure, stable, and resourced environments. That helps me to build trust. Trust in the fact that has integrity that I've come to believe in because I have experienced its integrity. This is where everything gets squirrely. Faith says my environment is not stable, not resourced, not ideal, not, not trustworthy at all. But I'm still going to do trust-based actions because the fact that I believe in has more integrity than the environment that I am in. Okay? So there's still something for me to do with faith. I, in faith, I sat in this chair not knowing if somebody unscrewed the, the, the seat. I didn't know somebody come to my office. My, my, one of my chaplains called me and he said, hey, your office is open. I'm going to close it. I don't know. He could have played a trick on me. He didn't. Right. I sat in faith. I drove here in faith. Mm. I don't know what crazy person's on the street. I mm. drive in faith. Faith is taking action in an environment that is unknown and or not optimal. Mm. Taking trust-based actions in a less than known or less than optimal environment. This is hope. Hope says, I'm still going to trust, but there's nothing for me to do. That's hope. Hope says, I have run out of resources. I am entirely dependent upon somebody else. Mm. Now, if that is the conversation that the nation wants to have, that's a very significant conversation. Because it literally means, who are we waiting on mm. to get this right? Yeah. right? So if we're not willing to have that conversation, then the conversation that we need to have is, what can I do even though my environment is unknown or less than optimal? Mm. So what do I do in faith? In faith. Mm. And what is my faith in? My faith is in the fact that I believe all men are created equal. Mm. And I have experienced that for, for almost 50 years. Men, people are people are people are people of the world over. I don't care what your economic status, I don't care what your social status, I don't care what your political status, I don't care what your racial, ethnic, LGBTQ, what people are people. They have the same basic needs. And people genuinely love, most people, unless you're a sociopath or a psychopath, <laughs> want, want, honestly, you want to live in peace. You want to take care of your family. You wanna have a little fun. You want to honor your highest principles. Your God, your, 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 the universe, whatever you want to call it. You want to live into your best self around the world. This is, this is unequivocal. That's a fact. I have experienced it. I've traveled. 
I've seen people on different continents in different countries. The same principles are the same. Mm. Same. People want to be loved. They want to experience joy. They want patience and long suffering. They want peace. They need somebody to give them mercy. These are things people want. If that is true, then what actions can I still take in my less than optimal environment to create that in my sphere of influence? Though, I, so, so I don't have hope. I have vision. Ooh. And how am I building out this vision? How am I building out my vision? Right? How am I, yeah. how am I building out my vision? Because if I leave it to hope, then it's somebody else's job and I have no responsibility. So tangibly, and let's bring it down, you know, like out of the clouds, you know, because I think that sounds, that sounds really grand and it sounds very big and I don't know where to start. So in each person's life, somebody listening, somebody watching, you know, whatever, what can I do? What is a recommended step to say, this is what I can do? Okay. So let, okay. So if I think practically, okay, if I think practically, so was it two Saturdays ago? I had gone to Panera Bread and got some chicken and wild rice soup. It's my favorite soup at Panera Bread. I love it. Got a bowl. Um, shout out to Panera. Shout out to Panera. Had some chips. If you don't put chips in your soup, you might want to try it. Sidebar. But okay. I got this drink. I got this drink. They have blood orange, blood orange drink. And I like the blood orange. I like the orange. And I like the orange. I like that orange's juice. It just tastes good to me. Yes. Unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to me, um, it was spiked with a lot of caffeine. Oh, I was like, mm. and it was a Saturday oh, night. This is one of those. This is one of those ones. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. So it yeah. was spiked with a whole lot of caffeine, mm -hmm. and so everyone else goes to bed, and I'm sitting around like this. <laughs> I'm wide open, so so I sit down, and I start typing, and I typed. I was up till one o'clock typing in depth with documentation pages on of a book that I'm going to format and put out. Why? Why did I do that? Because I have a, a desire and a vision to be in a better place so that I can take care of my family. Mm. So I'm taking steps to have a product that I can put out so that I can get the income to take care of my family. What might that turn into going on? It might turn into, by the grace of God, me being able to take care of more than my family. My family might expand, right? Another illustration, had a disagreement with somebody um, and it, it, it kind of, we had a kind of a, a firm conversation in, uh, in December, carried through, came to the new year, got to the first Saturday of the year. I think it was the, it was last Friday, last Saturday. And so last Friday on the 4th, I think it was the 4th, but it doesn't matter. I went to this person's office and I said, you know what? I said, we had a conversation last month. I'm talking about responsibility, individual responsibility. I said, you know what? We have a conversation last month. I said, and we ended. I said, and I didn't shake your hand. I said, and there's something that I need to apologize for. And he said, what is it? I said, now, when I did A, that was not my intention. And so I don't apologize for my intentions, but I can understand 
how that might have had a negative impact. And so I don't get to own my intentions without accepting my impact. I said, and I'm going to do this because I'm being true to me. This is who I am. I said, this changes nothing else. But this here, the impact of what I did, I have to own. I don't get to brush it off. I have to own it. I was like, so I'm here. I apologize for the impact of what I did. I'm sorry. I said, I'm not going to talk about my intentions anymore. My impact. And I owned that. Yeah. It starts with me and me and me and my family, me, Melissa and the girls have a mantra that for the whole year. Last year, our word was stewardship. This year, Melissa came up with the mantra and the mantra was small steps, big impact. We keep worrying about how big the impact is going to be and when it's going to be. And more specifically, who's going to make the impact and no, and, and, and in doing so. We're not taking the small steps negative necessary to make the change. Small steps is what is what shut Alabama down. Philip Birmingham, the Birmingham uh, boycotts. People said, you know what? I'm not riding the bus for a whole year. Nobody rode the bus. Shut the city down. Everybody walked or they called carpooled. Period. Small steps. And, uh, and everybody made small steps and it had a big impact. The problem with movements is that everybody's waiting for a leader. Everybody's waiting for somebody to come and tell them what to do and galvanize. And then you have to agree with the leader and make sure that everybody's on the same page with the agreement. And then now we have movement and then you don't have a movement because nobody agrees. Now you have smart, smaller movements. And now instead of having one big heart pump, you have a bunch of quivering going on. It's called myocardial infarction or some crazy business like that. Really, really it's not infarction, but it's not, it's not, that's not right. But it's, it's, it's a quivering. It's where the heart yeah. doesn't beat like one. It's just small stuff. That's what you have. Because instead of people doing what they can, where they are, they're waiting in hope for somebody else to do it for them. So in any community, any community, it could take place. In Springfield, it could happen. And Springfield needs it badly. Just if one 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 block says, look, this is how we're going to do things. How? Hispanics do it. I was in Michigan, me and my roommate, when I was getting, when I was getting my master's and across the street was a Hispanic castle. They bought a house and added on to it. And they had multi-generations living in there. And then they bought the next house. Mm. Asians do it. I was living yeah. over here. I was living over here. When we first got here, an Indian couple moved next door to us. Anybody that came from India was immediately auntie or uncle or brother or sister. They weren't even directly related. Small steps. Yeah. When we look at people, the brotherhood of all mankind in your community, the brotherhood of all mankind in your community, what can you create in your community? Small steps. That's good. And that gives tangible and actionable things that can be kind of digested like you can do small steps and that, and that small step is a huge one if you haven't been moving you know so there's celebration in that one small step and no no step is too small this is what i would say to any and every american um many are not guilty all are responsible
all are responsible um, to look at their neighbor, to look at the person across the street, at the coffee shop, as their as their as as their fellow human brother. All are responsible for their sphere of influence. The Willie Lynch letters stated that if you treated people of color a certain way and you broke down things, et cetera, and, 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 and then within, within, within two generations, it would run itself. Okay, I understand generational trauma. I got that. I get generational curses. I got that. What about generational blessings and strengths? You see what I'm saying? What can yeah. what can be done should be done because it can be done. Yeah, it is doable. We and as a nation, yes, we we have to get we have to choose to see the person across from us first as our fellow brother and sister. We have to choose. That's a choice because it may not come naturally. But we must choose it every day, every relationship, every interaction. In choosing it, we create the future for the nation. And now it comes down to choice. Dr. Big Bro, Dr. Jason O'Rourke, D-Men, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out in this office of yours. It's a privilege, man. It's a privilege. I, uh, I love your show. Um, I love your show. I watch it all the time. You have great, you have great guests on, um, and uh, you know, in the words of Cat Cat Williams, you have you've done a really good job of making this place a space for truth. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I didn't know where you're going with that. I'm like, oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> Grab my coffee. Well, uh, well, thank you so much. I um, this is such a healing word because a lot of times we're in the spaces where it's hard to navigate. You know, we know that there's stuff going on. We know that we're in angst. We know that we're conflicted. And then we are paralyzed for whatever reason. You know, so you gave us really good encouragement to just take a step, just take a step forward. And, um, and I appreciate that. So thank you for, for joining us here. So that's Dr. Big Bro, Jason O'Rourke, D-Men. Wow. Um, we're getting to... Uh, all of these things where we're talking about celebrating. So make sure that while you're celebrating, you're taking some time to really do some internal, you know, investigation. Where am I? What are my goals? How can I be a huge part in this community? And what one step can I take today? Small steps, big impact. Thanks again to Dr. Jason O'Rourke, Dr. Big Bro. And you can learn more about Jason. You can follow him on LinkedIn and visit uh, thephilipshow.com to learn all about that. And as usual, you are the best you in the world. And I will see you next time here on The Philip Show. Don't wait.